Let us come to God in prayer as we prepare to hear from God's word. Most holy God, you have given us your word, the Bible, as a way for us to understand more about who we are, about who you are, and about how you desire for us to live as your people. And so, Lord, now we ask that you send your Holy Spirit to open our eyes and our ears and our hearts that we might hear from you and that we might have the courage to live the way you want us to live in the week ahead. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we're going to turn to Luke. We're going to begin Luke chapter 11. We're going to begin at verse 5, just for a few verses. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on his journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door's already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up, and give you the bread because of friendship. Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning our text comes to us from the book of Luke, and Luke is found in the New Testament. It's a gospel, which means it's one of those first four books in the New Testament that focuses all on Jesus, on Jesus' life, Jesus' ministry and Jesus' teachings. And this morning we have this teaching from Jesus. And it's a teaching in the form of a parable. Now a parable is a story that Jesus uses to convey a moral truth, okay? Jesus is teaching his disciples something about, I'm not gonna tell you the topic yet, but he's teaching them something that he wants them to know or to believe, or to do, okay? And this morning, it might not be 100% clear just from our parable what Jesus is teaching about. But for those of you who had your Bibles open, or maybe you took a peek at the passage before coming here, you'll see that in Luke chapter 11, the passage opens by Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray using that formula we now call the Lord's Prayer. Then Jesus has this parable, and then directly following in verse nine, we have that well-known verse, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open unto you. All these passages are about prayer. And so this morning we are gonna hear from Jesus about what it is that Jesus wants us to know about prayer. Now you see I'm holding this and it's a Bible and I see some other Bibles here. Now you probably know that the Bible was not originally written in English, yeah? The Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament in Greek and so each and every translation we have is in fact that. It's a translation. 
Okay, and I shared that with you this morning because this morning I'm gonna be focusing in on a couple of details. This is a little bit abnormal for me when I preach. You wouldn't know that, but I'm gonna be focusing in on some real intimate details because these details are gonna help us understand what Jesus wants us to hear this morning, okay? And I talk about translations because I was reading from a newer version of the NIV, but some of you might have had older versions of the NIV or an ESV or an RS, RS, R, no, NRSV, you know, the message, right? All these translations, all the scholars had to make different judgment calls onto how they were translating different words from the Greek into the English, and some of that's gonna show up this morning as we have this conversations together, okay? So let's jump in now to the details. Here we have Jesus telling these disciples and those listening about prayer. And he begins by saying, suppose you have, suppose you have. Here Jesus is setting up a sort of hypothetical situation, right? We can understand that. And in the Greek, these words would more literally be translated, who from you, which doesn't probably make too much sense to us, but anytime a story begins in this way, the answer is always no one, okay? And that's important for us this morning because that really changes the context of our story. Because listen to this. This is how then we'd understand this. Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and ask the friend for three loaves of bread because you had a friend who came on a journey and you need more food. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children and I are in bed. I'm not helping you. So Jesus' listeners would be like, that would never, ever, 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 ever happen. Never happen. Okay? If I needed something and my friend or neighbor was able to take care of that, in these days that Jesus was writing, the friend would absolutely always take care of a need that they could. Okay, hospitality reigned in the culture in this time. Okay, so Jesus' listeners would know that he's using this sort of literary device to be emphatic, right, and know that your neighbor would always, always, always help you. Now we're gonna head into verse eight, which in my version says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Now those of you following along in your Bible here or at home or maybe on your phone, if you don't have the same version as me, English version, you likely have different words rather than shameless audacity. Persistence maybe, yeah, I see some nods. Yeah, okay. Here's the tricky part when you're translating the Bible from another language or translating anything. This word that in my translation has shameless audacity in the Greek is only found once in the Bible. And that's right here in verse eight. And so scholars couldn't look to other parts of the Bible and say, how would we understand this word? in English, and how would we understand this in, in context? And how should we interpret this for our English readers? They don't have that. And so they had to look at other sources written at about the time that the Bible was written. And 
most often, those other sources, the Greek word means shamelessness in English, okay? And so one of the scholars that I read in preparation for this sermon, his name is Snodgrass, and he wrote a beautiful book called Stories with Intent. And Snodgrass would say, well, if that's how this word was translated, right, made sense in all these other sources, that's how we have to understand it in the Bible, too, okay? And so that's why my translation has shameless audacity to make that point that that's what it's about. But let me connect with how that makes sense with our story, okay? So I have a need, and I go to my neighbor, okay? And my neighbor absolutely 100% is gonna take care of my need, even if I'm demanding, I'm rude, I don't ask very nicely. My neighbor is still going to take care of my need if she can. Okay? So that's what I'm proposing that our passage is saying to us this morning. Now, you're probably thinking, well, that's great, maybe. But what does it have to do with prayer? What does it have to do with prayer? So parables in the Bible, sometimes when we read them, it's easy for us to say, well, this is who I am in the parable, and this is who God is in the parable, and we sort of understand how that plays out, right? And you know of some of those parables that do that. But more often in parables, we have to end them by saying, if this is true, then how much more will not God be like this? Okay, so let me, let me connect that, those dots for you. So again, if I have a need and I go to my neighbor, even if I'm rude, even if I'm mean, even if I'm demanding, my neighbor is absolutely 100% going to take care of my needs. If that is true, then how much more can we not count on God to listen to the cries of our heart, to listen to our prayers, to give us good things? Right, if our human brothers and sisters in Christ are willing to be willing to do that, how much war will not God who created the universe, God who loves his people so, so, so very much, how much more will not God desire to give us good things? Now, I don't know about you, but when I landed there, my heart just went, it'd be faster, how exciting, right? What if this parable isn't about me being persistent in prayer, and maybe I'm not praying good enough, and that's not why God's not answering my prayers, right? What if it's not about me? What if it's all about God? What if it's all about God wanting to give his people good gifts? Right? And God wanting to hear from you. God wanting to hear the very desires of your heart. God wanting to hear what your needs are your great big needs, your teeny-weeny needs, your ongoing needs, your needs that pop up in the middle of nowhere. People of God, Jesus wants us to know this morning that God loves us, that God is good, that God desires to give good things to his people, and that God desires to hear from us. God wants to hear from you. He wants to know what you're thinking about, what's on your heart. Not because he doesn't know it already, but because he wants to know you and wants to have communion with you. 
Now, if you're sitting here in the pews this morning or watching online and you might be thinking, well, that might sound okay, but you know what? I don't really feel like I have that kind of a connection with God. You can have that kind of a connection with God. Maybe you're here this morning or tuning in online and a lot of this is pretty new for you. I invite you to reach out to an elder in this church, maybe to somebody who you know is a Christian and who you really respect, and talk to them about this. Talk to them what it looks like to be a Christian. Talk about what it looks like to have a vibrant prayer life. Talk about what it looks like to connect to God through listening to God's word. God desires to hear from you. God desires to know what it is that's on your heart. God desires for you to speak to God. And so this week, I invite you to do that, maybe more than you do normally. If you're like me, sometimes I like to just rely on myself, you know? Sometimes I like to think I got it under control. Probably some of you here, too, that are like that, you know? And when things maybe don't go well, maybe going to God isn't the first thing that we do. But this morning, God invites us to do just that. Come to God with whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind. God desires to hear from you, and God desires to bless you with good things. Let us pray. God, you are good. God, this morning we're reminded that you love us so much. You desire to hear from us. You desire to commune with us. You want us to have an intimate relationship with you. And Lord, we're reminded that we can come to you with anything and everything and that you desire to give us good things. And so Lord, in the days ahead, may we spend more time with you. May we be more attentive to listening for your voice and speaking to you about what is going on in our lives. Because there, Lord, is freedom. Lord, we lift this prayer to you in Jesus' name. Amen.